Sri Desikachar, welcome to the new school. Kate Holcomb, welcome to the new school. Glad to have you both here. Sri Desikachar, I met you first uh, in perhaps 1985 to 87 at the Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandiram in uh, Madras, now Chennai. And I remember at that time that the first time I met you, you took me to a class that you were teaching for handicapped children, children with learning disabilities and so forth. Uh, And I was so struck that with each child, you gave each child a different practice, that each child, the practice was individualized. And you seemed to be able to tell almost instantaneously what a child needed. Um, I understand that that philosophy of, of individualized yoga came from your father, the legendary Krishnamacharya, uh, who I was privileged to meet before his death in 1989. But I still don't understand how it is that you are able, almost by looking at someone, to identify the specific set of yoga practices that will be helpful. How do you do that? I will give you an example. A French man came to study with me. He had some health problem. Based on my father's advice, I taught him some yoga practices. And his yoga practice improved. He was very happy. Then, all the way, he told me, I am going to listen to Krishnamurti's talks in Switzerland and I am going to mention about how I got benefited from yoga practice. He, he did go in, in, during the August. And he told me he met J. Krishnamurti and he talked to him how through my father's help and my own instructions my health improved. And then he insisted, Sir, you must you must meet a great man called Yogacharya Krishnamacharya. For many years, my uncle, Mr. B.K.S. Ayengar, was doing yoga, all types of yoga. Then, when he came here, he asked for an appointment with my father. Next day, on December 31, 1965, <laughs> I never forget the date, <laughs> and then my father accompanied my, my two sons, my young, younger brother and my, myself. We all went to see J. Krishnamurti. He escorted by the car. Car was arranged. So we go there and then J. Krishnamurti received with a lot of respect and then he asked me, sir, can you show me some asana practices and pranayama? Surely, 
then my father taught me to do some asana practices and pranayama. J. Krishnamurti was observing everything. First, he taught me Parvatasana and then he was watching. Uh, there was a proper coordination of breathing and movement. And then certain asanas were taught also, including Mahamudra. Then he also taught me some pranayama practice, different types of pranayama. And then he watched that for some time. Then he told me, Sir, I want to, I want you, I want you to become, I want you to be my, uh, my, to be your student. I know you are very old. I, I, it is not possible for you to come because you are a very old person. Please can you send one of your sons? Then my father, I will send, I will send you tomorrow morning. Then ask, my father asked me, go and see what yoga he is doing and come back to me. So on January 1st, I went there and then I asked J. Krishnamurti, Sir, can you demonstrate your asana practice? J. Krishnamurti did some yoga practices, asana practice. As he was doing the asana practice, suddenly he would have some bile coming out, some phlegm was coming out and he would vomit the bile and continue the practice. I was shocked. Then, after the end of the practice, I told him, Sir, I have to ask my father's advice. I will come take my father's advice and teach you on the next day. Please, I will be waiting for you. Then, I reported to my father, Father, he, is, he has done all types of asanas and all types of practices and he is vomiting bile and bile and bile. So, my father told me, I have already observed him. He has very stiff neck. He has also some other problems. He was observing. He is not able to turn the head. He is very stiff. He has lot of uh, stiffnesses. He also has some other problems. He has to stop all yoga. He should discontinue all the yoga practices, which uncle was teaching. Then I told him, I am going to design a simple yoga practice so that he will come out of the stiffness of neck. He is a simple practices. He should stop all yoga practices. I will design a proper asana practice and also simple breathing practices. Then he gave me instruction. Next morning, I received him at 2nd January 2nd. Then I, I told him, sir, I spoke to my father. And my, my father said, you have a lot of stiffnesses. You also have some other health issues because of certain problems. You have to stop all yoga practices. And at the same time, you have to do very simple, mild practices without any retention to relax your neck and also to control certain other problems. I am whatever the master teaches, I am ready to follow. He has already observed so well. He is, what a good observer he is. So he had faith in your father. And yes, that's what he never tested. Then I taught him. 
and I taught him it is a it was a 15 minutes course the what the day he practiced on a posture took one hour but the next day what he was doing was very relaxation exercises it's almost like he would ask him to lie down on this posture and then and uh, do some relaxation with simple breathing so that the gallbladder will be eliminated then I taught him simple neck exercises and also some mild neck exercises he was 67 years and then also taught him some simple breathing without any retention and then his health got improved he was very touched by that you know I am not at all vomiting I am not at all boiling I only knew I wish I only knew about the great yogi I would have met him nobody mentioned about him and then I I, I and then little by little, he also asked me, you know, please, I want to also continue your practice. Can you please come and teach me in the Rishi Valley? Certainly, I went there with him and then I went on teaching and teaching. His health improved, his mobility became better. He hardly could, could, could turn the neck and then he was able to slightly mobile. And then he asked me, please come and teach me in Switzerland. Then I told him, sir, if... You have to talk to my Mr. B.K. Sayangar. He's a, my uncle. And only if my uncle permits me, I will come and teach yoga. You, and it is up to you to ask him. Uh, unless he permits me, I cannot come. Then J. Krishnamurti met my uncle and talked to him. And finally, my uncle permitted me to go and teach in Switzerland. That's why he... He, it is I am uh, what I am stunned with is he as he was doing my asana practice, J. Krishnamurti was observing something. He immediately know he has a very stiff neck, even certain he has some other problems issues, and then he adapted the practices that was exactly appropriate, and because he thought appropriate, his neck improved, and then. And that is what I was stunned with him because I was I did not have I, was, I only started yoga only in 1961 to 66 I did not was completely and each time when I had some doubt I will ask my father and he had observed so much okay now his neck is little better teach him simple Mahamudra simple version of Mahamudra not too complicated one and then also teach him some certain types of pranayama including Surya Vedana. And then when you teach Mahamudra, you ask him to slightly contract the lower abdomen. And that is how I taught him. And then miracle happened. Bladder, they stopped completely. He was going with the natural, because of the bladder problem, it was very embarrassing. But then he slowly removed the protection and then his bubble became normal. This is what I am amazed how he would look at somebody and assess exactly what should be taught. It was always an individualized practice. This was a remarkable experience. And then Krishnamurti continued to practice for a long time. I finally, I told him, sir, can I do headstand? No, sir, do not do headstand. It is not good for you because if you are not an young person anymore, if you do headstand, neck becomes very stiff, we will avoid all the postures. We will, 
if you will teach simple version and then mostly I taught him simple practices and more pranayama and then he was very happy. Thank you for that description. So, as I understand, uh, uh, your uh, uncle Iyengar, who had studied with your father, uh, the, the list of people who studied uh, with Krishnamacharya is, is remarkable. And in this beautiful book, The Yoga of the Yogi, The Legacy of T. Krishnamacharya, by your son, Kashtab Desikachar, there are essays by Indra Devi, by Patabi Joyce, by B.K.S. Iyengar, who you just mentioned, and an essay by you. Yes, yes, yes. And one of the things that becomes clear is that, um, uh, uh, that uh, Joyce and uh, Iyengar uh, taught a more asana-based yoga. Exactly. That's what that's what I'm But they, they but learned from your father when they were teenagers, and he <laughs> was giving them asanas because they were young people. But you were the student who stayed with your father all his life. Uh, <laughs> and so you were able to watch as he moved through different yoga practices that were appropriate to the different ages of life. This is what I have written here. You have yes. seen this, you know? Yeah. Without hesitation, yes. Krishnamurti accepted Krishnamacharya's offer. Yes. And Deshikachar, guided by his father, began teaching yoga. Mm -hmm. Krishnamurti's condition and his practice improved. And each passing day... and I am going to offer you a scholarship, etc., etc. Yeah. That's what he did. Yes, wonderful. Now, Kate Holcomb, you, you had the Healing Yoga Foundation in San Francisco, and you are a longtime student of Sri Desikachar. When you met Sri Desikachar in Chennai, I'm not sure quite of the order, but had you met Sri Desikachar before your uh, automobile accident or afterward? I met him in 1991 as a student on the Colgate University Study Abroad Program, mm -hmm. and he was, uh, Mr. Desikachar was gracious enough to be teaching us the Yoga Sutras. Mm -hmm. He started teaching us the philosophy, just a small group, maybe 14 of us mm -hmm. university students. He had agreed to teach us as a favor to Mary Louise Skelton, who had been mm -hmm. a longtime student of his father, Krishnamacharya. And, um, I had been studying the sutras, just an introduction with Mr. Desikachar and taking a couple of asana classes at the Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandiram, maybe for two months. I think the accident when I was hit by the motorcycle was in October. Mm -hmm. And so, how badly hurt were you? Um, I had, uh, well, I had a leg that looked pretty bad, mm -hmm. and I had broken a couple of ribs. I didn't x-ray my back, mm -hmm. but I had trouble walking and mm -hmm. sitting and um, mm -hmm. moving in general, standing or sitting for quite mm -hmm. some time. Mm -hmm. And it was Mary Lou who then brought me to see Mr. Desikachar for a healing practice. Up until that point, I had been studying the Yoga Sutras, and I had been doing some general mm -hmm. asana classes at the mm -hmm. KYM, but that was when she brought me to see Mr. Desikachar for my own personalized practice to recover from that accident. And when you saw Kate, Sri Desikachar, what, what did you decide she needed in order to recover from that accident? Yeah, uh, my observation was, I, I made certain observation, and then uh, she was an young girl, she was only a girl, and then I thought, uh, I will slightly modify some relaxation practices. 
because uh, he, she, if anything will hurt the pain. So my main goal was to pacify the rib pain. So I, I taught her some simple version of, very simple version of breathing exercises uh, with also use of some sound or something. She was open to that. And then I taught her simple uh, breathing exercises without uh, no retention after inhale. And then I said, uh, because we had to heal the ribs, the rib was very painful. Inhale was very painful. So I, uh, I taught her short inhalation and extended exhalation in different parts of the body, little by and little by little, which has to be done almost about 20 minutes program to be done early in the morning and the evening. And then she had, actually there was no fracture at all in the ribs. There was, because of, there was no fracture at all. So I, my observation was she has no fracture, but she needs to be healed. And I also, I advise her to come out of this pain. I also asked her to take some vitamins. She agreed to take some vitamins and then she took some vitamins and she did some breathing practices. As she was doing vitamins and all that, the healing improved and then she came out of that. That's what, what I taught her. And once she came out of that, then to prevent something happening, I taught her some simple back bendings or a version of posture so that she gets stronger and stronger. Then she health improved. You understand? Yes. Now, when your father was 97, I believe, or 99, he fell and broke his hip. Yeah, I know uh, that was happened. Was it 97 or 99? No, no, I'll tell you something happened, yeah. you know. Uh, unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, my mother, my mother had a, some, uh, some neck problem. Uh -huh. And then I, I had to admit her. They were doing some tests. She, she was in the hospital. And then early in the morning, I went there to, uh, I didn't know what was happening. Early in the morning, I went in to uh, see, my, see my mother and see my mother to see what was the problem. And then, and then they did some examination and they also suggested to go to a super expert for a, a review. And then I brought my mother back and then, and then I had already gone there and then my father Oh, I called you, you never come, you did not come to me at all. What happened was, my father was shifting all the cots. And he was, he, one day he was shifting on this cots, one day he was shifting on the cot. He forgot about it. And then, in, instead of going to the cot, he fell down and completely broke his hip. And then he could not get up at all. It was horrible. So when I came back to him, he was still lying on the back. And then somehow, uh, with some help, I lifted him up and then it was found he could hardly walk at all. That was 1984. In 1984, it was a sad thing. My mother had a, some... L lymphoma. Lymphoma. That's yeah. why non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yes. Unfortunately, my mother had some gland problem. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And then same day, it happened. So it was a very sad situation. Mm. And later it was proved that my mother had a lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then my father refused. Father, why don't you do the surgery? No, I will not do that. I will come out of this practice. I am going to work on my own practice. And then he, every day he was doing different practices and practices. And then, uh, of course, his health got improved. And then he said, get me a video camera. I am going to do some demonstration of practices. He came out of this nearly 
out of this problem. Of course, he was limping a little bit. And then he did all types of postures, all types of Dvipadapitam, and then all types of posture, including shoulder stand. And then, uh, unfortunately, he was not able to walk. That's why we were always using some support. Uh, it, it stayed on for a long time. See, I am much better, the, even though I cannot walk so easily. So for many years, he was on the crutch. He, he was, he was, whenever he was walking, we would use the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And then for many years and many years, he used the wheelchair. Unfortunately, my mother, because the cancer, non-Hodgkin's became too complicated, my mother died and she was very sad that she lost his mother. He was very sad. But he survived and to complete the centenary of my father. Because what we also did also, we never, uh, we, because it is very risky to walk on the hip. So I, I convinced my father, father, it is very dangerous to walk on that. Anything would happen. Please use the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. uh, he agreed to use the wheelchair and we were always using the wheelchair and he, that's how he was able to survive without any accident. So what was striking to me as I read that story in this lovely book, The Yoga of the Yogi, uh, was that your father turned down the hip operation and wanted to yes. heal himself. Yeah, he did not want to do that. But his wife, uh, your mother, uh, with the lymphoma, uh, he knew that the yoga could not heal the cancer. And so she had chemotherapy. That's why, the, yes, yeah. So one of the things that is striking for me is that um, that your father never made claims to be able to heal things that he could not heal. If it was a cancer, he would know that something else was required. But in other conditions, he knew that he could be helpful. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what, what, see, yeah. what happens is uh, when, you know... In certain types of mild cancer, mm -hmm. rehabilitation is possible. Uh -huh. uh, however, if there is a very intensive problem, what is called non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, where all the glands are swelling, which is uh, all pores of the body, because it is not easy to cure. My mother was going on her own, but slowly there was, it, was no, it was not possible to cure the mother. It was too complicated. Yes. That's why she did not last long time. However, uh, I also want to share you with some interesting thing. Mm. There has been a lot of progress in the problem. I, I remember to tell you some interesting situation. There was one lady, uh, one lady who, 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 who came for a neck problem. And then I taught her some simple neck exercises. She came out of the neck problem. And then... Four years later, uh, her husband, who is a doctor, said, you know, you have some uh, lump in the breast. Why don't you go have a uh, test done made? Suddenly, she came to see me. And then I met her. And then, you know, I am going to have a consultation and I have some lump in the right breast. And then I told her, Madam, you go tomorrow at 11 o'clock. I will be doing some chanting for you. At the moment you arrive at 11, I will be doing some chanting for you. So, the lady goes and to there. There is a very famous doctor called Dr. Shanta. He is an expert on Cancer Institute. Then, why are you so relaxed? She said, my teacher is doing some chanting. 
I am very relaxed. <laughs> I know I will be out of it. And then it, the examination was done. It was, it was confirmed that she had cancer. And so they also did some, uh, some biopsy mm -hmm. and also and sent suturum because she, she, was, she, was, she said, Sir, I have done some biopsy for me. And then when I'm coming out of that, I want you to teach some breathing so that it will not recover again. Mm -hmm. So the whole course was done through that. And then I taught her some meditative practices. She was open to some really spiritual practices. I, you know, she was very open to meditative practice. <coughs> and then uh, she, she did some meditative practices step by step. And, and then she had a lot of faith in that. And then with some breathing practices, she's still alive. She's not dead at all. Mm -hmm. She's fully active. Mm -hmm. She's fully active. Even though the breast cancer was removed, she's very active. She's fully engaged in all the activities. And she's so interested in that. She has become a spiritual practitioner. Every time she comes and does some uh, Vedic chanting practices, she believes in Shiva and she does some Shiva chanting and then she has come out of that. That's why it has never happened again. Same thing happened to a friend of mine uh, of a Muslim origin. She had a lot of faith in the thing. She also had the same breast cancer. And then she did some meditative practice. She has come out of that. Also, she had some umbilical, as if there is not enough. She had a hernia in the umbilical cord. It was a very serious problem. And then her surgery was done. It was horrible, painful. And then she had a spiritual practices, even though from Muslim origin, she, because she, because she has married a Brahmin, and then she did some chanting and chanting and all that. She is almost normal. This is question of faith. You, you know, Michael, please, if you don't mind, you know what Mr. Desigachar is so beautifully illustrating here. I mean, even to loop back to your first question about how he's able to find the appropriate mm -hmm. practice um, in addition to the long mm -hmm. study with his father and con that continuous connection and relationship with the teacher, which is still a big part of this lineage. Um, you know, what Mr. Desigachar is illustrating is how what makes this lineage, what has been passed on from his father so powerful and really unique is that it's recognizing um, that there's not one tool of yoga and really recognizing the individual system is comprised of many layers and levels. You know, we have the physical level, we have the breath, we have the mind, we have the emotions, we have the uh, personality, we have the spiritual level. And so, you know, each of these stories, you know, whether it's uh, helping my accident at more of a physical level or um, one of these examples of the people with cancer, um, finding a way, you know, the story that he just told about the woman going to see her doctor and feeling so confident because he was, she knew that he would be chanting for her at that time. So really it's, I, I think it's the gift of uh, being able to recognize um, first and foremost these different levels in the human system and then finding which layer will be the, the way in to help heal that person. And maybe somebody, the initial entry in is at the physical level through some postures, but then you end up affecting them at the other levels. Or with this woman, it might be starting with the chanting or starting with someone who already has some faith 
and being able to impact the other levels. So it's sort of a fundamental principle that differentiates this approach and um, is why it's able to be so effective many times. At the same time, I wouldn't, uh, I, I'm with you, that I, I don't think I would be here studying as long as I have if there were any false claims mm -hmm. made. Mm -hmm. You know, I have such a great respect for the fact that, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a real mm -hmm. recognition of what we can do and what we can't do. And, and my teacher has always said, well, we'll try. Mm -hmm. You know, he won't make any false claims, but mm -hmm. he'll say, well, let's try. We'll see what can be done. Mm -hmm. Sridhar in reading this, this book about the legacy of your father, it, it becomes very clear what an extraordinary figure he was in the recovery of the yogic tradition, uh, in, particularly in southern India, uh, but in general. And uh, it's very striking that uh, most of the schools of yoga really teach these asana classes where everybody does the same thing. Um, and so it's striking to me that the common sense that uh, you and Kate are describing uh, of the importance of individualizing yoga practice is not as widespread in the West. Uh, in other words, most places that you go, you go to a yoga class and there may be a beginners and an intermediate and a, you know advanced, but basically everybody does the same set of postures that that particular school teaches. And yet uh, you have emphasized, and I believe it's really part of the original vision of yoga, this deeply individualized relationship between the teacher and the student, um, the importance of faith. But another thing that struck me, it's not just the importance of faith, it's the power of the relationship itself between the teacher and the student. Could you say a little more about that? In other words, it's not simply the faith in the teacher, it's not simply the practices, but it's the relationship itself that matters. Surely, what I want to say is, <clears throat> when we meet somebody, if they don't like me, they don't, they don't respect me. So the moment I meet them, I will have an interaction with them, and then through interaction, they begin to like me. And then because they like me, they subconsciously say, okay, you know, the person, I trust him because I know I, I really, I honor them and then they begin to trust me. The moment they trust me, something will happen. And then while teaching it, uh, you know, I am very attentive on the aspect of healing. You see, what, what I... I also do, as they have said, in the, Patanjali has said, tapaha swadhyaya ishvara pranidhanani kriya yogaha. What is called tapaha? Asana pranayama. Swadhyaya. You know, swadhyaya. Self-study, whatever you believe in that. Ishvara pranidhana. To have certain type of faith. You must have a certain type of faith. That is what is called. Tapaha is called Kriya Yoga, consisting of asana and pranayama. 
Swadhyaya is called Jnana Yoga, such as studies. Ishwara Pranidhana is called Bhakti Yoga. So, Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga, Bhakti Yoga. That's why, based on that, I will introduce what is appropriate for him. If the, of course, uh, I am very attentive on those problems. Recently, I want to give you some, you know, a miracle happened to one person. There was a professor, she was very busy, she was single, and then uh, she was too much involved in the job. Suddenly, she was in the pre-menopausal stage, she became very depressed. She could not eat at all. She could not sleep at all. Uh, of course, uh, at the pre-menopausal stage, she came for some consultation and then usual consultation was done and it was not at all working. Hardly it was very working at all. And she, she was, she, nothing was happening. And then, uh, as a last resort, they wanted, such a, such a, something is not happening, please, uh, can you please see her? Certainly I will see her. Because she could not continue at all, she took in a one semester break. She took a break on the semester because she was so bored. She was so single because with pre-menopausal, there is always a sad feeling. Then I met her and I met her and then I had a chat with her. When I met her, Madam, I want to, I want to honor you. I want you to live for a long time. She was, uh, she had, she was open to some some uh, some uh, spiritual practice. She is a Hindu. Then, before I honor you, I want to do some chanting for you. Please chant for me, sir. I am I am confident. Then I did a super chanting for her. And then I said, Madam, please listen to me. I will do some chanting. I will give you the meaning of the, what is the chanting. Then I did a small chanting for her so that she can listen. So, she, the moment I folded the hand, she stood up. She did not, because I was sitting there, she stood up. And then I did a small chanting for you. Ayuru Dehi Pranam Dehi Apanam Dehi Vyanam Dehi Chakshunu Dehi Shrotram Dehi Mano Dehi Vachan Dehi Atmanam Dehi Pratishtan Dehi Man Dehi Mai Dehi I asked her, do you know the meaning, madam? Oh, I already know the meaning. I am a Sanskrit student. I already know the meaning. Then she said, oh, I said, madam, I want you to bless you. you uh, she I already explained all the meaning. She, since already you know that, madam, sir, I know everything about sir. So, as you are chanting, I am, what a great chanter he is. I completely trust my master. And she was in tears. Then, okay, madam, I also asked her a, a very delicate question. Madam, can I ask you a very delicate question? You don't mind answer this question? Do you have any faith in something? I asked her, do you have any faith in something? Suddenly, she took 
a photo and say, look at me, sir. This is, oh, Hanuman. What a great Hanuman it is. I have total faith in Hanuman. Okay, since you have some faith in Hanuman, uh, my, my wife has made a beautiful painting of Hanuman. I will, my, my colleague will give you that Hanuman. And then there's a small photo available. And then you know what? Uh, I will ask my teacher to teach you. And she will teach you very carefully because she, she has a lot of faith in Hanuman. Because I never insist on Hanuman. If they don't have faith, I will not teach that. She has a lot of faith in Hanuman. And she will teach you perfect Hanuman. And then I, had small, I designed a small Hanuman posture. And then... I and then I designed some Hanuman courses. Madam, it is a very short course. My colleague will teach you properly. And please, every day, practice. Stop all the yoga practices. You have to stop all yoga practices. I will. There is a Hanuman. Will something gesture has to be taught with some gestures. First, you are going to look Hanuman, and then what you are believing that Hanuman is a great person, and do this Hanuman practice. And I designed the course practice, and I asked her. Please practice early in the morning. Have, when you get up in the morning, wash your teeth and then do morning practice. Then before lunch, in the afternoon, before dinner. And before your dinner, do a little practice and visualize Hanuman, look at Hanuman. Practice for one week. Then she practiced for one hour and come and see me after one week. And she comes back after one week. And then, when she comes back, Sir, suddenly she prostrated to me. Oh, why are you prostrating? I don't know how to thank you. Now I am sleeping so well. I am more relaxed. I have recovered my memory. Thank you for, sir, you are, you are, thank you for saving me. I don't know how to thank you. And then, and then she practiced and also I slightly fine-tuned it. And then she went on practice and practicing and that. And then she has gone back to the university job. And she continues to practice both in the morning. And also, I also taught her, Madam, uh, before I want to teach you some pranayama, I will teach you simple asana practice so that you will come out of the menopausal syndromes. Please do some simple asana practices and then do some relaxation practice that will cool you. I taught her some shitili pranayama with a simple ratio without no intention. Then you do after your Hanuman. Asana, pranayama and then and also if you are open to that Hanuman, can you read Hanuman chalice? Oh, I love Hanuman chalice. So I will certainly do Hanuman chalice. So did asana, pranayama, she did Hanuman chalice and did also bhakti yoga, honoring the bhakti. Completely she became all right. That's why this is what I taught her and she is so grateful to you. And she was so touched by that and she said, Sir, I am single. I am single. I have no commitment. I want to give a small contribution to you, sir. Please accept me. And then she gave a small contribution which gave it to Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandira. It was almost 200,000 rupees. Oh. She was so touched by, nobody could help me except you. That's why I gave it to the mandram. She was so touched by that. Mm. So this is uh, the spiritual aspect that makes wonders. There are many examples in this situation. This is uh, how to explain that.
and then also uh, when I met after three months she came back after three months and she said how are you madam I have completely come out of depression I am completely back to normal I am very busy still I do my Hanuman Chalice I do my Asana I do Pranayama Hanuman Chalice and then I will do some meditation and prayer on Hanuman I thank you very much sir so this is what we have to do because mm -hmm. she she was so touched by the contribution. Would you like to say something? Is it not? A, it is not a miracle. It is uh, very difficult. To yes, but it, it happens because of this relationship that mm -hmm. Michael's talking about. You know, it's the relationship with the teacher and the student, and that one-on-one -on -one connection that's built over time that allows for that kind of personal transformation to happen mm -hmm. and that faith in the teacher um, even before that relationship is being developed there's something there you know the teacher hopefully will be able to see something some spark in the student that they can help draw out and help cultivate to sustain sustain the student um, as that relationship develops but definitely it's a big part of it Desika Char, Sri Desika Char was kind enough to chant for us. And, and uh, Kate, I want to ask you, uh, you have studied uh, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras under Sri Desika Char for many years. And uh, when we were talking uh, uh, a little while ago, um, I mentioned that, uh, actually you corrected me, that the first sutra in the second book uh, was a favorite sutra of mine. And uh, you helped me understand it in a new way. And I wanted to ask you if you would be willing to chant that sutra, translate it, and explain what it means. Sure. Thank you. Tapaha Swadhyaya Ishvara Pranidhanani Kriya Yogaha Patanjali is talking about Kriya Yoga as the yoga in action in our everyday lives, meaning first and foremost that yoga is not just a practice that we do for 40 minutes a day or half an hour or an hour a day, but something that we try to do in all of our actions, whatever we're doing throughout the day. And Patanjali tells us that if we can, whatever we're doing, whether it's buying groceries or interacting with our family or at work, if we can do whatever we're doing with these three attitudes, that's yoga in action. And these three attitudes are tapas, which is an attitude and a practice of trying to eliminate the excess. Um, swadhyaya, which is self-reflection, self-study and Ishvara Pranidhana, which is uh, doing the best that we can in our actions and leaving the results uh, with the knowledge that we have no control of the outcome. And so leaving the results of that action, good or bad, to either a higher, a higher power or a teacher or something other than ourselves, which is really that spiritual element, recognizing there's something beyond us and that we can't we can only do our best, and we have to let go of the outcome. And this, this sutra, I come to it because it's been such an important sutra for me. And, and I translated it for many years, as I told Kate, as uh, 
the acceptance of suffering as an aid to purification, uh, the study of great wisdom teachings, and complete surrender to the divine force in each of us, these three things are yoga in practice. And I've reflected on Kate's translation and my own, and the first one, uh, the acceptance of suffering as an aid to purification, is actually quite close to the burning off of tapas. Uh, then the second one, the study of wisdom traditions, and you point out that it really means self-study, if I understand correctly, but that may include the use of the wisdom teachings as a guide to that self-study. And then the third one, where I had a complete surrender to the divine within each of us, and that's the one that may be the furthest off because uh, you describe it as you, you do the best you can and then you are indifferent to the outcome. And that seems to me different from my translation. Do you have any comment on this, Sri Desikachar? Yeah, I want to tell you something. I will yeah. tell you a very interesting case study that happened long ago. My father had a student. She was very close to my father. She was very helpful. She was a very top industrialist. And she was very devoted to my father. She also helped me to get this recognition of the Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandiram. And then my father passed away. And then what happened was, uh, I got a, a message. She was in, she had suddenly had a brain tumor. And then some people asked me whether we can come and do some chanting for that lady. She was hardly able, she was almost immobile. The doctors have said, uh, anything could happen, anything could happen, you can never know what is going to happen. So, uh, she, she, she requested me because I, also, I was also the, my father, I also, I was also, she also had met me many times, she was my good friend also. She, uh, she, uh, she, she wrote by letter, can you ask, she, they asked the daughter, can you please the author do some chanting for me? Immediately I went there. I went with three of my four friends. I took, uh, as a small group, we all went together. And then, when I met her, she was like a vegetable. She was hardly able to talk and she was able to talk at all. And then, we did some chanting for her. Because I somehow, she, she had a spiritual inclination. And then I did some different type of chant. First, I did a, I wanted, uh, did a small healing chanting, wishing let all the parts of the body heal. I did some healing chanting and then uh, because she was uh, more open to something, I also teach, taught on the, uh, she loved Narayana. So, I did some super chanting on Narayana. Atha Purusho Havai Narayano all about Narayana. And then also I did extra Narayana. Sahasra Shirsham Devam Vishwaksham Vishwasham Bhuvam Vishwam Narayanam Devam Aksharam Paramam Padam Because she loved Narayana. Because she is a religious fellow. She loved Narayana. Atapurusha and Narayana. And then for first healing chanting, Atapurusha. And then something what I did also was, somehow I thought, if I do Agni Tejaswin, because 
we were asking for a higher being to heal us. And then I, we all decided, let us do Krama, let us do Jata, let us do Ghana. Little by little we did Agne Tejasvin, then Agne Tejasvin, Tejasvin, Agne, Agne Tejasvin, and then next Krama also Agne Tejasvin, Tejasvin, Agne, Agne Tejasvin, 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 Agne, Agne Tejasvin, Tejasvin. So little by little we did some chanting. It, it almost happened in 50, 10 minutes, 18 minutes, 30 minutes. It was a long chanting. And then she was listening and listening and listening and listening. And then I also permitted them to record it because I told them, I'm going to record, please record it so that the madam can listen again and again. So it was all recorded. She, it was heard in the recording. She also did some Atapurusho Hawaii, and then Sahasra Shisham, then Agne Tejaswin, all combination. <coughs> and then, and then I, I also did some healing chanting for her. I, I, I also wished her, let her live for a long, long, long time. Shatamanam Bhavatu Shatamanamiti Shatamanam Bhavatu Shatayuhu Shatayapurushaha Shatayuriti Shatayuhu Purusha Shatendriyaha Shatendriyayushi Shatendriyayiti Shatayindriyaha Ayusheva Yeva Prati Prati Tishtati Tishtati Iti Tishtati Almost asking for a hundred years of life. Then I also told, um, because she was not able talking, anytime I told her daughter, anytime you want me to come back, feel free to call me. So she was so happy. And then after two weeks, uh, I got a call. Uh, she did girl all the way she came and Sar wants to have one more chanting for you. Surely I will come tomorrow. Then I go there she was standing and receiving me. Ah. I was shocked. Instead of lying in the horizontal position, she was standing. Oh, thank you for coming. I am listening to the chanting every day. I am able to come out of that. I am, ch thank you for coming. And then, please sit with me. Then, she, instead of lying, she sat on that uh, couch and she sat on that position. We also do some interesting chanting for her. We also did all types of suktams, all types of purusha suktam, all types of suktam, all types of suktam. We did that, including other suktam. And also we did also some uh, very touching chanting. Brahman Tvantvan Brahman Brahman Tvagum Rajan Rajan Tvan Brahman Brahman Tvagum Rajan That's what I did this time. And then, and she, at the end of the chanting, yes, I don't know, I don't know how to thank you, sir. And then I am able to walk, and then every day I'm going to the temple, and then I'm, I'm walking much better. And then, thank you very much. And then she was able to walk instead of horizontal. She, every day she would go to the temple and worship the God every day because she had some faith in the higher being.
and then she was able to walk. Five months later, she died. Completely, she passed off. See, that's why she was able to function, and then the healing was so effective. She came out of that, and she was able to live. If if otherwise, she would have died in one week. Instead of one week, she lasted for five more months. It was an amazing experience. This is what sometimes we do. She was so touched by that. Many times I was there with me. Just to. We want to add something. Well, just to clarify Michael's question with a different, maybe different example, um, because I understand the example, but I'm not sure everybody's able to make that connection to your question, is that, you know, in the first chapter of Yoga Sutra, Patanjali introduces this idea of Ishwara Pranidhana in Sutra 123. And there, it is absolutely defined as total surrender, total faith in a higher power or something beyond yourself. And it's Vyasa's commentary in the second chapter that really distinguishes this next level of it in chapter two, which is uh, not that you don't care, but that you recognize that the the faith or the commitment is in the act itself. So, you know, when my teacher and I were talking about this concept a few years ago, I told him, you know, I don't think that I have this Ishwar Pranidhana thing. I, I said to him, I said, I don't think I have this total surrender, this faith thing. And he said, what about when you're, when I was, he reminded me of when I was pregnant with my second son. And I said, well, Maybe, and, and he and I had a discussion about it, and I explained that um, when I was pregnant, the doctors discovered that I had something in my blood that caused uh, stillbirth, and, um, and I had a lot of fear over having a child in the first place. And then the, um, they thought that the closer I got to the due date, the higher the risk. So every time I went to the doctor, there was all this panic that the baby will die at any minute, the baby will die at any minute. And when I was pregnant with my second child, they had learned more about it, this thing in the blood. And they had said, well, not only does it cause stillbirth, but it causes, uh, it's a clotting disorder. So you either have a stroke or you have a placental clot and the baby dies at any minute. And I thought, well, here I have a toddler now who's two and a half that I'm driving and carrying around. And what if I have a stroke or something? And if I hurt myself, it's one thing. But if I hurt my toddler, you know, how do I live with that? And then there's this case of this baby inside that could die at any moment. And I said to my teacher when we were discussing this, uh, he did a lot of chanting for me and a lot of, he was a great support for me throughout that. And many people said to me that they never would know that that was going on, that I seemed very relaxed and very calm and nobody would have any idea. And when he and I were talking about it, I said, you know, it's not that I'm so naive that I felt that, oh, I received the blessings of the teacher and nothing will ever happen to me because I'm protected and I'm saved. I didn't think that, you know, of course, with all respect, sir, <laughs> you know. Um, I said, instead, how I felt was 
anything can happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe this child inside will live, and maybe the child growing inside will die. Maybe I'll have a stroke when I'm driving the car and kill my inadvertently, you know, have some horrible accident. I mean, who knows, right? But I can't control that. So rather than feeling that I was naively, you know, naively feeling that I was somehow saved or protected, I said to him, I said, I didn't think that. Instead, I felt that anything could happen, mm -hmm. but whatever happened, mm -hmm. even if my child died, even if some horrible accident happened, I believed that I would somehow get through that mm -hmm. and that I had the support of my teacher. I had it and that somehow, no matter what happened, I would be able to get through it and, and survive myself as awful as it might be. And he looked at me and he said, that is Ishwar Pranidhana. Mm -hmm. It's not blind faith, mm -hmm. right? It's the faith that no matter what happens, you can, you can get through it mm -hmm. and get through it, the dark forest to the other side and find the light, no matter how dark it is at the time. Mm -hmm. Does that help? It does help. And Sri Desikachar, again, I want to thank you for sending Kate to me from India. Uh, what was it, 15 years ago? Uh, Kate says that she came here and, and, and that Sri Desikachar sent a note which said, uh, here's Kate Holcomb, perhaps you can find some use for her. And uh, <laughs> now she is the coordinator of the cancer help program and the, the yoga teacher in the cancer help program. Mm -hmm. So I... I hope we've made good use of her. <laughs> I will give one more case study, sir. Right. I was ten, uh, about 15 years ago. <clears throat> I was uh, I was uh, doing some seminars, and then Professor William Skelton told me she is not able to move at all. She is completely on the bed. All the medicines have been stopped because of advanced stage of cancer. This is Bill Skelton's wife, Mary Lou, Mary, that, that he's is, talking about. Mary Lou Skelton. That is Professor Skelton, yeah. and his wife is Mary Lou Skelton. Unfortunately, he died long ago. Sorry. And then, I thought I must visit her somehow. And then, I was in Europe. And then, and my friend was very helpful. She took me to, uh, I, I drove all the way down, and then she took me to the car and spoke to uh, that person. And then the madam is in the last stage of life. She is not able to move at all. And then, uh, please help her. And then she said, what an honor to send her, please. Certainly you will have a very good visa. I don't have to any information. All the best for you. So I got my visa. I didn't have the visa. I got the visa. And then... I, I talked to Sonia, and Sonia, please come, please receive me in the airport. Then she, she, I, I flew, and I went, went back, and then she, had, she hired a car, and she took me to Hamilton. And then we went to Hamilton, Preston Hill Road. And then I, I arrived late in the afternoon, and then, and then uh, Professor also said, he, Desh Kachar is coming. And then I went all the way, and then I met her. She was completely in the horizontal position. She said, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. And I did some small chanting for her, because she had become a very Christian. 
suddenly from agnostic she suddenly became a christian and then and i gave a small gift for her so please wear this ring it will make a big difference for you jesus christ she had, had already she was wearing the ring for a long time which i gave to her many years ago and then i i put the hand on that and then you madam you are a student of my father i will do some chanting for you and then there's some small chanting for her simple chanting and a small chanting to honor my father and then please take rest madam i will see you tomorrow morning i will bring you with a cup of tea I, as soon as i get up in the morning i will bring you with a cup of tea then i went to sleep i had some dinner and then uh, professor was very kind to me he gave me some good food and then i slept and then i i get up in the morning i thought oh i must i must get up in the morning and then <clears throat> prepare some milk for her then i wash my teeth and i go there you know what i found she was already there in the kitchen she was preparing i am preparing for hot milk for you saffron milk for you i was surprised how did you come no 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 i am able to come down i i you know i i was so shocked she was able to walk all the way down professor skelton was shocked and then she was she was so shocked and then she came all the day and then prepared the tea for me and then how oh, what madam please be careful you know because her husband was lifting her sure and then she came all the day and prepared hot milk for me and then with saffron milk oh fantastic thank you very much and then he also told me you know i am having a meeting with all the teachers bring all the people together i am going to interact with them next day and then imagine she was hardly able to walk and then in the afternoon we had a interaction with her she was standing on the feet with super communication and she also gave some certificates to all the people and she did with super communication and then i am little bit tired i am little bit tired and then professor william skelton lifted her and slept in the afternoon and then i we were about to leave of the next day and then i was i met her and then i told her madam what can i bring the food for you no no i am coming with you i am certainly coming with you we'll all go together how do you explain that mm-hmm. she, we will all go together she came sat in the car and we went all the way to the place and she had a good breakfast she, wo- she was able to walk and we went to the uh, restaurant she ate some food and all that and then i want to come to the airport but it is not very risky anyway i wish you all the best and then i return and then that's why what this the power of spirituality is such that when we are expecting somebody the man he has come all the way i must do my best to him he he has come all the way to meet me i must do my best to me he is such a great person and then she she prepared spiritually to come out of that with the well power she was able to walk with the well power she was able to even go and have restaurant later and then four months she died mm-hmm. of course 
this is how to explain that mm -hmm. and this it was a, a remarkable experience mm -hmm. this is the, when the willpower is strong you will put in the effort and then you are able to with your power willpower mm -hmm. with, with your own faith because she had a two super mm -hmm. faith with she prayed for jesus christ please jesus christ help me i want to he has come all the way i want to honor him please help me and jesus christ revived him because her faith in her faith in the jesus christ was so strong suddenly with that total faith she was able to get up she was able to walk she was able to stand she was able to discuss that's why is the miracle that happened mm -hmm. of course few months later she died it was a bad sad experience mm -hmm. and then and professor william skelton returned the ring to me cause to be still wearing that ring uh, <laughs> oh, is it, it is, how to explain that mm -hmm. is it an amazing experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what a person mm -hmm. with with the will power and the, with the support of the spirituality anything is possible fidesikachar would you accept a few questions from the audience would that be perhaps two or three would that be all right i am at every anything yeah. whatever i am at their disposal yes any questions particularly let me start with the yoga teachers in the audience of whom there are several any questions from our yoga teachers James, anything on your mind? Well, I, I realize that these are these are kind of general. The questions that I would have would be kind of general, but the environment that I work in, because I'm going into prison mm -hmm. three days a week. Yeah, I know that. And the level of consciousness is is impressive in in the prison. And when I have the opportunity to teach, I have a group of men who come together. I can't give them, I can give them some individual attention in a group, but I have a group of men who are together and I have, typically have uh, 90 minutes with them. Yeah. And I very much appreciate what you're talking about in terms of being able to address the various aspects of uh, the, the, the human condition, the spiritual aspect, the emotional aspect, the physical aspect. I'm, I guess my question would be in terms of generally teaching, do you have any suggestions for me in terms of what it is that I could be focusing on in terms of general uh, work with people who have all kinds of physical and emotional difficulties. Um, so I, I would appreciate your offering so, me any kind of advice. My wife, my wife has been teaching in the prison for many, many years. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. She used to, every day she would go to the weekends and teach in the prison for a long, long time. Would you like to say something about Menaka? For many years, she was afraid to go to the prison, but she was looking forward to teach the prison. And it made a big difference. Would, would you like to say something, Manika? Actually, you know, I, though I started with the simple exercises, but I was, I was talking to them a lot. You know, it was like a counseling because they were emotionally disturbed. They say, when I am going to go out of this prison, because I am not seeing my parents, I am not seeing my children, my, I left my husband, you know, like that. They are all convicted and murderers. 
so they are all present for 14 and 15 years you know so i told them you know have faith you know don't uh, think of that past just forget about the thing past just think okay surely i will go out one day you know like that if you think you know oh when i am going to go out like that each day will be like a help for you you know don't think like that just think okay i will go out soon very soon you know i developed a positive attitude to them you know the exercise was very simple i moved with them as if i am a friend for them you know i didn't behave as if i am a teacher you know i told them moral stories and if they say i will let us dance then i will also dance with them you know i just behaved as if i am one among them you know and also i used to tell stories you know in that stories i will just tell them you know to reflect on some morals you know i will tell them uh, apart from that i know that's all i just show them kindness and love and you know that's all so slowly they have changed actually they used to quarrel with each other and then now after some time they became very friendly then they said we are not quarreling now you know we are friendly now you know they said and then started to do some handwork and then they gave me some you know gifts also you know when i came you know i said we have finished our project then they said you know oh why are you not coming amma please come you know they saw, they called me as mother and so they said oh you have to come again you know you shouldn't stop please come you know just they said then i said it is impossible because we have finished our project so if you want maybe we can ask you know you have to ask the superintendent and then you can let us know we will come then i said thank you i appreciate so that i appreciate what you're saying and it's a good support for the the my own direction thank you very much other questions yes Hi. thank you for being here to answer Kachar. um my name is tara and i'm training through integral yoga institute and i have a goal of teaching with children and i would like to teach in israel among um interfaith community and i'm just wondering if you have any any words of strength or wisdom that i can keep in mind cuz i know the environment there is going to be a lot more challenging for me than my uh, native san francisco <laughs> so. you are from israel no and I probably you'll be teaching in israel yes i have family there and i've been there before but i'm not from there i was born here in, in the united states in san francisco we had a friend long long ago she is a racial solba and uh, she had come long the way i had met her long long ago about eight almost 20 years ago with indira devi and we had a uh, how to cure the people and then we had met some together and uh, we were also interacting on that and then She, every time she was coming for some yoga lesson and then we would teach them what believe you know the, because it uh, my observation was even though israel is a small country 
Everybody has a yoga place. Everybody is practicing yoga all over the world. In the club, every place they were practicing yoga. I was very touched by that. Actually, women were doing much more yoga than men. Not Women were all practicing yoga and yoga. And then uh, some practices were taught and respecting the Jewish tradition, say whatever they believed in that, it was taught and then, and then practice felt much better. And then uh, there was the Rachel was there. She had come long. I still remember she had come all the way. Even though she's more than 87 years, she had come with her family. Few people had come together. And then she attended all my classes. And then, and then she was so touched and she was practicing yoga. So she learned a lot of things about yoga. And then we had to honor the... In the Israeli tradition, what I did was... And I, I told them, you Jewish tradition is different. It is not a Christian tradition. It is not a Hindu tradition. It is, we have to honor the Jewish tradition. And then I also asked them, please do some asanas, simple asanas, and, and then doing some breathing exercise. And then at the end of the breathing, do certain, uh, whatever you believe in that. Oh, uh, we are, they were really open to the Jewish tradition. Then I taught them something they allowed it. Okay, uh, because I also learned from that. The moment I said, you know, I am going to do some chanting for you. I know you love it. Then I, I and then they were listening to me. They were so listening to me. Then instead of asking, asking me to do chanting myself, I asked a friend of mine who has a Jewish background. I asked her, please, can you do some uh, Jewish background? She is from a Jewish tradition. So she comes all the way and then she did some shalom. And then she, she did in, in different levels of shalom. And also it's first shalom Ali, shalom Ali, shalom, shalom Ali, shalom Ali. Shalom Ali, Shalom, Shalom Ali. She chanted and chanted and chanted and they repeated so well. They were, she was full of tears. And then, and, she, and the, my, my friend told, I enjoyed the chanting of Sonia. She was such a good chanter. I am so proud of her. This, what a remarkable chanting she has done that. And then also having done the chanting, she sang, a, Sonia sang on a beautiful chanting on all types of different lines because she's a very good chanter. And it was a full of meaning. She also gave the essence of the meaning. And they were so touched by that. And, and that is the situation even though uh, what I admire my friend is even though she practiced Gayatri even though she practiced Vedic chanting she did not have any connection at all deep inside because of the years and years of connection deep inside she had a Jewish connection and then with, uh, when she was what she told me was when she did a chanting on the Jewish tradition she put a mark like this Put a mark like this, like that, eh? one, uh, one angle, one angle with six sides. 
and then looking at that angle she did a super chanting and then and then she asked me to uh, she I, I designed some practices for her and I give a small book on that she will do certain practices on the Jewish tradition and then she would read some books and reflect on that and it made a big difference her that's why she continue because that's what I whatever they believe in that I taught them the tradition whatever they believe in that I taught them the tradition she was very touched by that the Jewish tradition reflect on that madam thank you so much for that. you want to say something it's yeah. very interesting no? how to teach children no? Of course, if so they have, have a Jewish background. A challenging postures, you know. Unlike what we do, you know, it's simple postures, they cannot try. You know, they cannot uh, try simple postures. We have to you know, give them a challenging posture. And we have to teach them a vinyasa krama. You know what is vinyasa krama? That is, you have to start from a simple posture, then you have to go into the difficult one. Then you have to come away in the same way back. Okay, like that we have to teach them so that it will develop their concentration, attention, you know, memory, everything. And it should be very, very, you know, hold after, that is long inhale, hold after exhale, all those things you have to give so that they can get energy, more energy. For growth, they need energy, you know. So the Brahmana Pashas you have to, do you know what is Brahmana and Langana? That's why what we do, you know, madam, what we do is, when you are teaching some young children, if you teach them some relaxation, they get bored. You have to create an attention. That's why in the ancient tradition, they have a series of postures called Vinyasa Krama. You know, that is why almost like, uh, you know, it is a sequence of postures where, I think, you know, you know do you know Vinyasa Krama, Kate? Yeah. You, you want a demonstration for you? Mm-hmm. Can you demonstrate? <laughs> She's so flexible. But you're going to have to take your mic off. It's like, uh, I, I could demonstrate, but it's like a, it's like a sun salutation, for example. Yeah. Or the vinyasas like that Patabi Joyce mm -hmm. teaches because he learned those vinyasa kramas because that's what was appropriate for him when he was, for his age, when he was studying with Krishnamacharya. So he took that piece and spread that. So the vinyasas are the... You know, you go in one way and then you go out and you build on them all different postures. So, please don't touch the mic. You can start with the you. nose, 10 postures, and you can go to up to 64 postures. You know, right? You can just try one, two, three, like that. You can go on adding postures. What a beautiful teaching. Thank you. <laughs> two more questions. <coughs> Any other questions? That we have. I have a final question, but I just want to make sure we've covered. Ned, anything on your mind? You're good? Okay. Do you want to ask something? Um, just, my name is Trishna. I'm a yoga teacher. Um, I work with incarcerated youth and with um, people recovering from illness and also with people in general. I'm just very happy to see you and your wife here. Hi. And, um, well, I could listen for hours to you talking about the sutras which I guess we don't have. <laughs> but it's been just lovely to um, mm -hmm. hear your insights, all three of you. Mm -hmm. It's an extraordinary I don't question, but just gratitude. Thank you. Yeah. So my final question to you, Sri Desikachar, is about your own practice. Mm -hmm. I uh, understand from Kate that you still have a very 
vigorous personal or a very sustained personal practice. And you said in this book that your practice under your father's guidance changed over your life, that at first it was the perfection of the poses, and then it went into a maintenance phase while you had young children, and then more recently that it went into um, more of a focus on spiritual yoga, uh, the spiritual dimensions of yoga. So would you be willing to share with us what you do each day as a yoga practice? I will, I will interact with you. My father told me, when you are a young boy, you have to do a ratio of four, two, one. Too much asanas, little pranayama, and a little bit prayer. As you grow up and grow up, you have to, you have to reflect on that. What is the reflection? Two, four, one. You have to do some asanas. You have to do some asanas. And then you have to do a little more pranayama so that your breath is quiet. And then a little bit of meditation. Almost like 15 minutes of asanas, 30 minutes of pranayama, and a little bit of reflection. Then as you get older and older, he says, one, two, four. Some asanas, so that you can sustain your practice, 15 or 20 minutes. Pranayama, two pranayama, where you do a lot of pranayama. Suppose you are doing for 20, suppose you are doing for 10, uh, 10, 15 minutes of asanas, 10 minutes of asanas, then you have to do 20 minutes of pranayama. Having done 20 minutes pranayama, you have to do 40 minutes of meditation. Full of meditation. 10 asanas, 20 minutes of pranayama, 40 minutes of meditation. So that you, you are fully absorbed in the meditation practice. That's what I am still doing. What I do in the beginning, I do some asanas. And then lot of, both in the morning I do more pranayama, little bit pranayama, and I also do whatever believe in that spiritual. I do some chanting. After the end of the pranayama, I will use some Vedic chanting, all types of Vedic chanting. And at the end of the Vedic chanting, I also do some meditative practices, and which my father taught me because he's my teacher, he's my guru. So he taught me something like that. I will do all types of rituals, and then I feel better. So that is. <laughs> One, two, four. And you do it twice a day? Yeah, both in the morning. So, an I, hour in the morning? I, 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 I get up early in the morning, mm -hmm. and, then, and then I also something uh, very early in the morning, and then uh, when I get up at 5.30, I do some asana and I do some pranayama, and then at the end of that I do some chanting also. Mm -hmm. In the afternoon I also do some meditative practices, and I also more meditative practices, mm -hmm. and before I go to sleep I also some meditative practices. Uh -huh. That's why I am very careful with food. You know, I am very extremely careful. Before I was eating so much, mm -hmm. but I am eating very little uh -huh. because some rice, some dal without any chilies. That's why somehow I am reasonably fit enough. Because that's why, that's what my father says, when you are 25, I learned all the asana practices. I was spending 
even my father was teaching me asanas i was spending 3 and 1/2 hours on asanas <coughs> so much of asana practice and a little bit of pranayama 3 and 1/2 hours then when i got married and because of family responsibility i had to do minimum to sustain my practice and also pranayama because i had lot of responsibility now all my children are on their own i have all the time to do whatever i can do my practice because they are all on their own i can do because i have a responsibility once they are on their own i do lot of time on reflective practices this is what i am continuing to do that this is only later the, my father says shikshana krama perfect posture having have a family responsibility sustain the practice and then having fulfilled all the responsibility prepare for any event that could happen my my father always says you need you must you almost like you must prepare for any event that could happen prepare for anything that's what he introduced to me this is what i'm still doing it shridasakachar would you be willing to chant for us to end this together yeah yeah i will do some chanting yes. so i i hope you will if you could chant i will be happy to join you let us all help you please when i recite and you please repeat after me mai medham mai medham medham mai medham mai you're chanting very well mai prajam mai prajam prajam mai prajamai perfect prajamiti prajam prajamiti prajam mai agnihi mai agnihi agnistejaha agnistejaha tejo dadhatu Tejo dadhatu dadhatu mai dadhatu mai mai medham mai medham medham mai medham mai mai prajam mai prajam prajam mai प्रजामिति प्रजामिति मईन्द्र मईन्द्र इंद्र इंद्रिय इंद्र इंद्रिय इंद्रिय दधातु इंद्रियम दधातु दधातु मयि दधातु मयि मयि मेधाम मयि मेधाम मेधाम मयि मेधाम मयि मयि प्रजाम मयि प्रजाम प्रजाम मयि प्रजाम मयि प्रजामिति प्रजाम प्रजामिति प्रजाम मयि सूर्यः मयि सूर्यः सूर्यो भ्राजः सूर्यो भ्राजः भ्राजो दधातु 
Thank you very much, sir. I'm so grateful to you. All the best for you. Thank you, Sridhar Sakachara. Thank you, Kate Holcomb, for being with us. Thank you very much.